The thoughts and opinions of this podcast are not the expressed views of East Carolina University or the ECU Division of Student Affairs. Welcome back to another episode of Professional Coach of the Podcast. My name is Jay Harris. Chris Cooper. Today we're talking election 2020. Man, um, let's back it up a little bit and... Yeah, let's back it up. Yeah, yeah. Let's back it all the way up to Donald Trump 2016 and where we are now, essentially halfway through. Halfway through. And I feel like we're just trying to make it, bro. <laughs> just trying to make it. We just can't make it. I don't even know, I don't even know why COVID, COVID is even... It's not like nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you, Jay? When uh, Trump got elected, where were you doing? You know, it's funny because we all remember where we were when President Obama was elected. But I'm pretty sure I blacked out wherever I was the night that um, the election night of 2016. I remember more the following weekend when Dave Chappelle was on Saturday Night Live and the stuff that kind of happened after that. Uh-huh. But election night, I couldn't tell you where I was at. I was probably at the house. I know I wasn't anywhere where I was looking to celebrate or anything. Um, I had that eerie kind of suspicion that this might happen, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was probably just somewhere just prayed on. You know where I was? Where were you? Rim. Sleep. Rim sleep. <laughs> Yeah. I went to sleep at like 8 p.m. that night. Yeah. I, for some reason, I always do that. I went to sleep the night Obama got, no, it wasn't. The first time he got elected, I was a college here, a sophomore year, I was asleep. Yeah. And actually, the noise outside so woke me up. Because I don't like stuff. I don't like being, uh, I guess, alert for like live results. I like mm. to see the follow up in the morning time. So I was asleep. So when I got up, I was like, I hope this fool ain't got elected. Yeah. But you know, the interesting thing is, when it happened, I was very much on the side of, you know, this is only one man, there's a checks and balances system, there's only so much damage he can do to this country, let's give him his four years, and we'll just kind of see where it goes. Alright, you were positive, okay. I, I really was trying to be. I was too. I said, if God can use a donkey, he can use a Trump. I lied. And I say that to say this, though, right? I still believe that everything happens for a reason. Oh, of course, definitely. And I also believe that in the midst of all of this, there's been some really hard lessons learned. That there were many individuals who have once said, and maybe even still believe, that their vote does not matter. That it doesn't matter who we vote for, they're going to do their thing. Right. And sometimes it looks to be that way. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that we must remind each other of is this. In the midst of everything that we've struggled for and fought for, in the progress that we've made, there are people working 10 times as hard to make sure that we don't get that progress. Of course. Um, and that can be no clearer and truer than right here in our state of North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, when we talk about things like gerrymandering, yeah. Uh, I think the words that were used by a Supreme Court justice was the level of deceitfulness and carefulness they took. Surgical precision is the words they used mm-hmm. to redraw the lines of districts yeah. to split 
votes, in particular the black vote, has just been absolutely. I mean, we never seen anything like this on this level. They were very meticulous in the way they redrew that. Yes. Um, I think one of the most um, blaring examples of that is what they did in Greensboro, where they basically split one of the districts right through the campus of North Carolina A&T. Yeah. One side of the campus belonged to one district, where another side of the campus belonged to another district. And well, you could say, well, it doesn't really matter if they're splitting the campus because you might not necessarily be um, voting based off of your um, where you live in your residence. Right, 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 right. Right, because there's one campus address. But the challenge does become the neighborhoods around that area, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, being an HBCU is probably going to be a predominantly black Predominant neighborhood. Um, and so it split those votes in ways that uh, really took away power. And that was recognized within our court systems. And they were told to redraw those lines immediately. And I think out of that even came an emergency vote for some districts and areas. Um, North, um, Greenville was part of that. Where yeah. We had a, another election yeah. that was, really wasn't even announced um, so much either. And that was kind of problematic. But again, it goes back to that idea of for those who believe we don't have a voice, there are just as many people, if not more, who see the strength in our voice yeah. and do everything they can to silence us. And so, given what it may, um, you know, get out, exercise your right to vote. Please do. Um, I just saw recently, too, that um, the 9th District here in North Carolina has just been called into question and three individuals have been arrested for not counting votes mm-hmm. and um, hiding ballots and things of that nature. It's been crazy the last two, almost going on three years, that that's just been a persistent kind of issue. Even with you know the national election and then these smaller elections, votes getting miscounted, votes uh, having to be recounted, like those crazy things. Here we are, like I said, local elections definitely matter. But you're looking at the presidential race for 2020. I think one stat says that there's somewhere in the neighborhood of like 16 people uh-huh. thrown their um, hat in the ring to say that, you know, they want their shot. Yeah. Um, 15 of those 16 are Democratic nominees. Jeez. And then there's one Republican. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how many independents quite yet. Um, but speaking of that, right, we put so much emphasis on Democrat and Republican. We don't really give very much um, credence to the Green Party or independence or anything that's not necessarily mainstream. How do you feel that that has impacted our political climate? It's split it. Mm -hmm. And that's come from, this is anything new. It's just split it. And so those are the two main focus parties. Um, So those are things people focus on. When you hear conversations in the news, you don't hear them talking about independent or Green Party. It's right. Democratic, Republic, conservative, conservative or liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just splitting. You can have this amazing person running for independent, but they're not getting the focus. They're definitely not going to get the votes. Right. They're not going to get the uh, approval because they're not in the main parties. I think it's just divided our country. Yeah. Um, and George Washington said it in the beginning when he said creating parties, it's just going to be a division mm-hmm. in um, our democracy. And, it's unfolding yeah. day to day. So. Yeah. 
I would like to think I'm, a dep I'm independent. I'm a registered Democrat, um, and I definitely lean more Democratic. But I would like to say that I vote upon issues. Yes. Um, As do I. I would like to say that. I think that's kind of idealistic of myself to say that, but that's what I would like to get to at some point. I will say in a minute here on this podcast that um, when we sat down to discuss what our goals would be for season two, talking politics was something that we decided we wanted to do yeah. um, because we saw the importance um, within ourselves to get more invested and involved in yeah. what's happening in the political um, in the political realm. And not just waiting until an election election involved, year right? to really get involved and get plugged in. Right. It was easy to get behind um, an election in 2008. It was easy to get behind an election, some, even kind of in 2010, um, or yeah, 2010, 2012. And then right here um, in this last election, people really wanted to get involved because they felt like they had something to lose. They had something to lose. Um, and they felt there was a woman running, yeah. so. Um, they definitely wanted to get behind that, yeah. whatever it was. This next election, though, for me, I don't really know if it's going to be as easy to get behind. I don't really know where I stand if, as it relates to it right now. Might be too early to tell. Um, I'm looking forward to mm -hmm. voting Trump out. Right. But I don't. That's the only. That's the only thing I'm looking forward to. If I'm being honest, I think you have to shout out the election. That has been something going on in the back of my mind. Why do you think he has a shot at re-election? It's just not me asking. As many people who denounce Trump, there are just as many people who are vocal about supporting Trump. And in the, um, in the, in the last race, there were a lot of people who really wouldn't talk about where they stood. Yeah. And I think it was those who were really quiet that snuck in and yeah. did what they did behind closed doors, which is fine, right? Vote for who you want to vote for. But I see it being true that um, there are a lot of people who see nothing wrong with what's happening right now. True. They might have a few gripes and complaints about certain small things, but I think there's anything that he has done or said that has completely turned them off from not voting him again. True. But I would say that's just for white men. Though. Even I think it's bigger than that. Because if, if you look at the stats, white women were one of the main reasons why he got elected. Mm -hmm. And I think there have been some things he said, some things he has signed, some things he has done that have kind of probably changed, well, hopefully changed their mind a little bit about has anything that he's done, said, or signed been any different than what he was saying on the campaign trip? Mm -hmm. Get a point, brother. Dang, Jay, I don't really come in here trying to like. I'm a little pessimistic right now. <laughs> and it's not to be pessimistic, but to really get my listeners a kind of call of action was like, hey, let's wake up. That while we are one vote, telling you. Yeah. When we come together and collectively work to make something happen, there's nothing that we can't get done. And I think that goes back to the beginning of our conversation where we see how people have, have meticulously and systematically tried to tear us down and break us apart so we can't be quite right. as strong. Right. 
we in time and yeah, we always, we always prevail. Maybe um, not instantly, maybe not in the beginning, but we always prevail. Absolutely, history has shown it. And going back to again local elections, where the state of North Carolina is, um, made this amendment, a constitutional amendment to our state um, constitution, to do this whole voter ID thing. Feel I hear all kind of stuff about voter ID, but it's unconstitutional by how you look at it. And it's being shut down again, and it's going to go back to the courts again, and it's going to get shut down ultimately again. Like, there's nothing they can do about that. I'm convinced that folks won't slap in the head by their grandma when they were younger, and it shows. How you vote something in like that? The voter ID thing? How, how, how are you even okay with that? People have this weird, I don't call it weird. People have a very limited view and focus on this idea that there's no way that you can survive in this world without an ID. Yeah. Which I get the argument in general, but I think there's way too many exceptions to that rule (laughs) that makes this idea that people are showing up to vote fraudulently that has been proven time again is not to be true. Right. Um, and so, you know, you get their arguments of, well, you can't bank without ID. Okay? Yeah. Okay. okay. You can't drive without an ID. Okay. We have public bus systems and line bike for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you have check cashing places where you don't really need ID. Let's be real, right? And again, that might not be the way the day-to-day person working nine to five operates, but you have people on plenty of people that this is affecting that it just doesn't make sense. You know, although as unmoral as that inept as that thing is, mm-hmm. the voter ID, who really in 2019 was walking around without an ID or some kind of identification? Who really? I'm telling you, man. Who really is doing that in 2019? I can see some very... You have elderly. Sure. Who don't necessarily have to have their IDs. If they do have an ID, it's probably expired. And, I mean, you've been to the DMV. You have all of these challenges that having an ID becomes another voting um, or uh, what's the word? A poll tax, right? Because there's elements that go into an individual having to get an ID. Some people have to take off work where they might have a job that allows them to take off work to get across town to get their ID. There's, There's lots of different kind of scenarios that come into play that far outweigh any risks of someone fraudulently voting. Okay. The myth of people voting in place of their dead relatives or registering the dogs yeah, to vote. Doing that. This, this is what's this is what this is the fear mongering that fueled this whole voter registration, voter ID thing. So, so silly. 
and it's continuing these narratives, these false narratives, yeah. are continuing to be pushed, and that's how this um, amendment gets passed. How has Trump been president in this political climate today? How would you say you've been affected by it? Maybe not even directly, but... I think some of the ways that I've been affected by this, most of which I would say is kind of being indirect. Okay. Um, I was blessed and very appreciative that the uh, proposed taxes um, things, they did go into play. Yeah. Um, thanks be to God that missed me. Yeah. And I was nervous about that because the thresholds of giving was a huge part that I was really concerned about. Mm. But I was thankful enough to get about the same refund that I've gotten in previous years. Okay. Um, which, again, is just a, um, a blessing because it really helped me to start my 2019 off on a positive note. Um, but things that have been negatively affected, I think this whole idea of detaining children at the border oh, and putting them in these concentration yeah. camps, yeah. Um, just calling them their concentration camps, yeah. um, very much reminds me of what they did to um, Chinese immigrants, yeah. um, very much to what they did to Japanese immigrants, um, very akin to slavery when you now look at the reports of sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. um, and these reports of children being lost in the system, I can only jump to the conclusion that many of these children have been sold into sexual, um, sex and human trafficking. Yes. And no, to me, that is so problematic. Yeah. It really is. Um, that our government is behind this mm -hmm. in a way that continues to promote the same challenges and the things that we um, we come down on individuals mm -hmm. like um, R. Kelly yeah. and Robert Kraft and all these folks who are actively doing things, um, but yet the government is giving individuals a pass to yeah. make these things continue to happen. Because it's the same things that they would they would akin to shithole countries in Africa. Yeah. But it's happening right here in our country and yeah. no one's doing anything about Nobody's it. Nobody's doing anything about it. And they know it's happening. And they focus on all these other issues to try to cover it up. Absolutely. Trump. They still focus on hiding votes in 2016. Mm -hmm. To be honest, nobody really cares about it anymore. He's in the office. Yeah. He has... I saw, article, I saw an article today that was um, posted about Shaquille O'Neal saying give the president a chance. And when I went and read the article, it was from 2016. Yeah. I'm like, why are we still saying this? Right. Because it's, it's to hide what's going on. It's trying to mask these things that yeah. are going on that they think nobody pays attention mm -hmm. to. That indirect, indirectly affect people. Right. It's just been... Um, and we get called up in news and stuff on social media. And I know that, you know, there's been a crackdown on Facebook about um, fake news. Yeah. But it's not always the fake news that's problematic. Sometimes it's the real it's news real. that is trying to distract us from what's not being talked about. Right. Um, talk about Jesse and Robert Kelly right now and all the stuff that's happening with them. I need to go back and double check this, but I saw an article saying that um, 
Chicago actually passed a law that you can't record the police. Yeah. I don't know how true that is. I'm going to go fact check it myself. But if that is true... Why would you even pass that? Right. But again, the distractions. Yeah. <clears throat> and I always ask myself, um, when hot button topics come up, what are we missing? What are we missing? What's not being talked yeah. about? Um, what are, what it can be problematic, yeah. very much so. Um, and even in Baltimore, this whole idea of um, the woman was killed mm-hmm. and the husband and stepdaughter yes. planned this killing and blamed it on the homeless. Yeah. Again, using fear mongering of having people now afraid of a very vulnerable population uh-huh. as it is. Talking about Northeast America in the middle of a blizzard and everything else is taking place. These people are here homeless, homeless. looking for a helping hand. Not a handout, but a helping hand. And, you and now you got people completely um, yeah. refusing to um, help or be of service because out of what, fear. It's probably one story did to kind of shape. Absolutely. The thought and the perspective Absolutely. on homeless people. Um, and so it's just so many things that are happening that are problematic. But I think going back to just where we are right now, like I said, there's 16 some um, candidates right now. And we all have our opinions about who these candidates are uh-huh. and what they stand for. Uh-huh. And I would just really um, encourage our listeners to take the time you know well ahead of November take the time now to start to research and understand who these people are and not to rely solely on social media to shape your view of the candidates Um, I know there are certain people who you know threw the names in the um, ring the hats in the ring and whatnot and immediately we go to start to disproving who these people are. And I'm not saying I'm for or against any right. candidate sure. at this point, but I would love to take the time to fully understand who these people are that we're trying right. to, that we're elected to lead our country. Right. And I would say, if you're going to make an opinion about somebody or something, make sure at least let it be an informed opinion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be informed. Yeah. Um, I think we are where we are right now politically because people took things at face value that they saw online Mm -hmm. um, and believe, for better or worse, the best of a situation or the worst of a situation and stuck to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I tell people all the time, you cannot be one-issue voters. Yeah, you cannot. And... What took place in 2016 was individuals jumped on one particular issue, for better or worse, for each candidate and said, because of this, I'm voting for this person. Or because of this, I'm not voting for this person. And never looked at the totality of any particular situation. And when you do those type of things, this is what we mean. You set yourself up. It's almost like trying to lose weight, but you're spot training. Mm -hmm. It don't work that way. Absolutely. You gotta, you gotta do the whole thing. Absolutely. So if I could, if I could drop 
three inches around my waist right now, I would, I would absolutely do that. Right. But me doing a thousand crunches a night and um, drinking slim fats is not going to do it. You got to do the work. So when it comes to voting and being informed, you got to do the work. Mm-hmm. Facebook is not Facebook is not a history book. No. It's not a, like you got to you got to step outside of that if you want to be informed as it relates to. Absolutely. Yeah. And be also mindful of where you're getting your news from. True, very true. Um, we have this conversation in other arenas. Um, you know, people have their opinions of Fox, people have their opinions of CNN, but there are other news outlets out there. Find out who those news, news outlets are and start to f- gather your opinions and things that way. Now stay away from the satire. You, you, know, you know what satire looks like when you yeah. read it. If I see one more article from The Onion that people are taking serious. I'm just like, come on. Yeah. Um, and there are apps out there that'll help you to decipher a news um, source uh-huh. and or the article itself and how left or right-leaning that it is. How Again, we're going back to that whole idea of um, Democratic and Republican, but there's plenty of there's plenty of news outlets out there that can help you make accurate and informed decisions. So if I hear you correctly, you're saying there's no reason why people should be voting. Just There's no reason why you should be informed. Absolutely. If you actually do a Google search of is my news too biased, you will see several different links that will pull you back to charts that kind of show you where your news source ranks whether it be um, liberal, conservative, somewhere in the middle, and it's really helpful. There's a political, it's called a media bias chart. It was really funny the other day I saw on the Breakfast Club, and the Breakfast Club always gets um, kind of a, a yeah. bad rap for being yeah. very liberal and yeah. really one-sided, especially because of the people who they bring on. Mm-hmm. Um, but they brought on Uncle Ruckus from the Boondocks the other day, and that joint was hilarious. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know um, when exactly they posted it, but I saw it. Anything else you want to add to this conversation, sir? Talking about elections, I just want to congratulate uh, first African American chef elected in the state, North Carolina. Oh, absolutely, Chair Paula Dance. Shout you out if you're listening. Yeah, um, <laughs> and speaking of Sheriff Dance, she actually is starting a um, a program called the Sheriff's Heroin Addiction. Recovery program within the Pitt County jails, and I'm actually serving on that team to help kind of develop that program. Um, So really excited about what she's doing. You know, she's hit the ground running. Yes, she has. She Um, promised she she would. Yeah, she absolutely. She's hoping to get this uh, program off the ground here in April. And so, um, you know, some might think that's a little bit ambitious, but she has a solid team behind her, I believe, and we're looking looking forward to that. And I've been, um, I was in on one of the first meetings of that and um, we'll continue to work with them throughout um, hopefully throughout her entire year um, her entire year run as she continues to just break down barriers and it's been really exciting to see that and (laughs) be a part of that whole thing Chris where can we find you man? you can find me on Instagram at CooperT07 you can find me on Twitter at CooperMan and you can find me on Facebook at Christopher Lamont Cooper full government where can we find you at? you can find me on Facebook Jermichael Harris Instagram, Counselor Lav, Twitter, Mr. Counselor 252, 
And as always, you can find us on Prof Culture Podcast on Instagram. Thank you all and have a good one. Have a good one.